Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome to the Oxford Assembly of God podcast. If you have any questions, be sure to visit our website at oxfordag.org. And now, let's get into the message. Thank you for joining us today. For those of you watching online, I know we had to do a little bit of difference on our live streaming because of uh, uh, the special music, but thank you for joining us. Today, I'm continuing, and we've been talking about the attributes of God. Last week was Valentine's Day, and so, of course, we had to speak about the fact that God is love. Today, I want to address the topic, the omnipresence of God. The omnipresence of God. Now, let me give a disclaimer. Somewhere during this service, I'm going to get mixed up and say the omniscience of God or the omnipotence of God. And let me just tell you, I know the difference, but sometimes my tongue gets in front of my uh, eye teeth and I can't see what I'm saying. So please forgive me. I'll go ahead and give you that disclaimer. But I do know what, what omnip, uh, the omniscience is, is the fact that, um, see, I've already met the omnipresence of what I'm going to talk about, see. I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. I, I spoke it into existence. I want to talk about the omnipresence of God. Now, that simply means the attribute of God alone. He's the only one that can be omnipresent because he is free from the laws or limitations of space or time. How many of you have ever encountered something you say, well, I wish I could be at two places at one time? I want to tell you that's probably the biggest headache for a pastor. You know, I mean, you've got a, a, a something that's desperately needed over here, and you got your grandkids running a track meet. You'd love to be at two places, but you know, guess what? You can't do it. But I'm glad that God is omnipresent. I'm glad that He can be anywhere, anytime, all the time, Amen. and that He is eternal. He never, never changes. He is everywhere. All the time. Now, notice I said he is everywhere at all times because I remember that old song. Remember that old song? I've been everywhere, boys. I've been everywhere. They didn't stay there. They had to travel. They had to move. But God not only can say, I've been there, but I am there. Now, that's an awesome statement. See, he's the creator and sustainer of time and space. Notice with me what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, how many things were in the last days? In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the a word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited, he is more excellent than theirs. Now drop down with verse 10. You, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. Did you catch that? The Bible tells us heaven and earth shall pass away, but God's going to always, always be because he's eternal. He's eternal. They will all wear out like a garment, like a robe. You will roll them up like a garment. They will be changed, but you are the same and your years will have no end. We serve an eternal, 
omnipotent, omniscient, all-knowing God. He is what we need. David puts it this way in the book of Psalms. This is a beautiful passage in Psalm 139. Notice what it says. Oh, Lord, you have searched me, and you have known me. You know, when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. Did you catch that? He knows what we even think before we think it. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? Those are questions. And of course, we know the answer. The answer says we can't. We cannot get out of the presence of God. We cannot go anywhere that he is not because he is omnipresent. He is there. If I send to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. In other words, we know that God is everywhere. He is everywhere. He says, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day for darkness is as light with you. Friends, we serve a God that is everywhere we are. And he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Jeremiah says, says it this way. And I realize I might be speaking fast. So if you listen fast, I'll speak fast and we still beat the Baptist to the restaurants, okay? <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 23. Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? How many knows that God's not a God far away? He's right there with you. Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him? Do you think you can hide from God? He said, declares the Lord, do I not feel heaven and earth, declares the Lord. In other words, God knows where we are because he's there with us. He is there with us. What an awesome, awesome statement that is. Now in Acts chapter 17, let's notice what the, uh, Luke says about that in Acts chapter 17. When Paul was addressing the, the very, very religious Athenians, he says this, if they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of them. See, there's a major difference between Christianity and religion. See, religion is man looking for God. That's what religion is. Religion is man looking for God. Christianity is God looking for man. And he knows where you are. He's got your number. He's got your address. And he says, yet he is, not actually, is actually not far from each one of us. In him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. See, he was preaching to these religious people. They, they had all kinds of religion, but they didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. They didn't have a relationship with the one true God. He said, I want you to know something. You're looking for God, and he's already found you. Because he is where you are. He is omnipresent. He is there with you. Some of you say, well, okay. God's omnipresent. So what? So what? Well, I can tell you, so what? Let's look at John chapter 14. John chapter 14. 
awesome promise. Verse 18. John chapter 14, verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. This was Jesus speaking to his disciples because he was getting ready to leave. Now, he was leaving this earth because, see, while he was on this earth, he was limited. You say, God was limited? Jesus was limited? Yes, he was. While Jesus was walking this earth, he was not omnipresent. He could only be at one place at one time. But he says, I'm not leaving you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. And that day you will know that I am in the Father. I am in the Father. And you in me. And I in you. See, God is omnipresent with his people. God is omnipresent with you and I. Now, so we say, well, what difference does that make? Well, there's so many areas that we could go. There's so many thoughts that we could talk. We could share that thought. We've already read the scripture, in him I live, and in him I move, and in him I have my being. We could talk about the friendship of God. Aren't you glad that he's a friend of ours? He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. We could talk about that. We could talk about the fact that he was a redeemer. But I, I think possibly, possibly, David may have said it best. And a scripture that we're very, very familiar with. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Kind of interesting, those three Psalms, Psalm 22, 23, and 24 is a trilogy. Psalm 22 speaks of the good shepherd dying for his sheep. Read it. 22 is the good shepherd dying for his sheep. Psalm 24 is the, speaks of the future glory of his sheep. How many knows that this world is not our home? We've got something better looking, looking for, something better. So we talk about the past, talking about the future, but Psalm 23 is the present. That right now, every one of us that are child of God, we can claim the promise that God is with us and that he is my shepherd. David understood that. David was a shepherd. David understood that concept totally. I want to tell you something today. Your shepherd will never leave you nor forsake you. I shared this story with those that were here Friday night, so... For those of you, you'll hear it again. There was no country boy went to the mountains for the first time. He'd never been to the mountains, and he was hitchhiking. And he was tired, and a preacher stopped and picked him up to give him a ride. And they began to ride around those mountains, and I don't know. Now, I'm not a fast driver, but the reputation of preachers, and I'll know a few of them, they live up to their reputation. They drive like maniacs. And this happened to be one of those guys, and he was going around the mountains, and this was a flatlander. He didn't know how to ride in the mountains. He was scared to death. And he kept saying, hey, hey, preacher, could you slow down just a little bit? And he said, son, don't worry. The Lord's with us. Don't worry. The Lord's with us. And he kept getting faster and faster, and, he, and the preacher was eating that up. He's looking over that, that guy. He was, he was about to tear the, the dash out. He was holding on so tight. 
And it kept on and on. And he kept responding with the same information, same statement. Preacher, would you please slow down? He said, don't worry, son. The Lord's with us. Well, finally, they went around the curve on two wheels. And the guy thought he was really going off the edge. And they got to a straight spot and said, stop! So he slammed on brakes and stopped. Said, what's the matter? He said, man, the Lord's getting out. <laughs> Aren't you glad that God never gets out? He doesn't leave you. He doesn't. Now, there's a lot of times I'm sure he would want to because he despises and hates sin. He hates the things that we do. But the reality is God does not leave us. He said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm omnipresent. We may not feel his presence. We may not even see his presence, but we need to know that he is our good shepherd. Now, you say, I'm speaking of those that are Christians. Because if you're not a child of God, then he's really not your shepherd. He's your creator. But David understood that. He said, I am the Lord is my shepherd. And every Christian that is here today, every Christian that is online today, every Christian that look with uh, this in the future, they can know something beyond a shadow of a doubt. The Lord is my shepherd. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He'll be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. And he will not get out. He will not leave you comfortless. He's not going to leave you as an orphan. He will be with you. The Lord is my shepherd. See, John 10 speaks of the good shepherd. See, John 10 is the same chapter that tells us that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But he says, I've come that you may have life. And have it more abundantly. He does that because we are his sheep. And we need to understand that a shepherd will not leave his sheep. A shepherd will lay down his life for his sheep. A shepherd will do whatever is necessary to protect his sheep. The scripture there in chapter 10 talks about a hired hand. If it's somebody that's got nothing invested in it, they can talk about it. But friends, when the going gets tough, they depart. But our God says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Because why? God is my shepherd. God is your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. As we go to chapter 23 of Psalms, we see a beautiful picture of a shepherd and his sheep. Now, I know we've preached about the 23rd Psalms many, many times. But what's it mean that the Lord is our shepherd? Now, as I've told you before, I cannot speak about sheep because I've never owned sheep. But I have owned some cows. Never was a big cow man. I had a half a dozen, dozen cows. But you know something? Every one of those cows knew me. And I knew them. And even though there's many times I wanted to shoot them. When I was pastoring in Alabama, one of the men in my church was a big farmer. And he had a, a bunch of hogs, a bunch of pigs. And if he said it once, he's, he said it numerous times, said, Preacher, those hogs are bad enough to make a preacher want to cuss. I'm not going to talk about sheep because that might offend some of you. How many of those sheep can be bad too? But the shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. A shepherd will lay down his life for the sheep. But the shepherd knows his sheep. 
Now, this, this blows me away. Now, some of you might correct me because, like I said, I don't know anything about sheep except seeing them. And when I look at a flock of sheep, you know what I see? A flock of sheep. Can you tell the difference? Do you know the difference? It's almost like a rancher having all black cows. Black Angus. Yeah. But you know, most of those ranchers can tell you what the cow is. Tell you who it is, whatever. They look just alike. And the amazing thing is God knows us individually. He is your shepherd. Not just our shepherd. He is your shepherd. Amazing thought. When I had some cattle, the, uh, the, I would, could go to the pasture and as soon as I would get out of my vehicle, or if I was in my vehicle, they would come running. They didn't wait for me to get out. They would come running. As soon as I pulled in the gate, as soon as they saw me, they would come running. But if somebody else cared me, and I was in a vehicle they didn't recognize, guess what? they just eyeball me. Until I got out of the vehicle. If I got out of somebody else's truck, guess what? They come running. Why? Because I was their shepherd. And I realize that's not the proper term for cattle. I was their cowman. And for those of you that are not from Florida, they do not call them cowboys in Florida. Because if you're a cow person in Florida, you have to be a man. I mean, it's tough. This all used to be range, uh, open range in here. And literally, they did not call themselves cowboys. They were cowmen. Have to be a man to work in Florida. Heat, these briars, palmettas. Swamps. Had to be a Florida cracker. You say, what's a Florida cracker? That comes from the bullwhip. That's what the Florida cracker means. But anyway, they were cattlemen. But they would get their cattle out. But we need to understand something that the sheep need a shepherd. I've been told that um, someone went to Israel and they saw a man or a couple of guys just running a bunch of sheep down between one of the paths. And somebody said, well, asked the guide, said, well, I thought the shepherd led the sheep. He says he does. So, well, what were they doing driving? He said, that wasn't the shepherd. They were taking them to the slaughter. I want to tell you something. Satan wanna, wants to drive you to the slaughter. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy but Jesus is the good shepherd. God is a good shepherd. He wants to be your shepherd. And I'll tell you, you wonder, well, why did God use the term sheep? Because I see a lot of similarities between people and sheep. How many knows that sheep will follow their leader even if the leader is leading them astray? How many knows that sheep like to wander off and get lost? How many know that even some sheep bite? They're helpless. They're defenseless. They need a shepherd. Whenever I used to have my cows, you know the kind of cow I love to have? The one that didn't get excited about what was going on around them. I want to tell you, during this pandemic, there's a pandemic. I think you could say panic in a lot of people. They run around like a bunch of cows that are concerned about where their next meal's coming from. I've had some cattle that uh, I didn't keep them long, but they were more interested in pushing and fighting and getting the food 
and pushing others away from the food while old granny over there was just calmly eating away. I want to tell you something. Our shepherd would take care of us if we let him. Our shepherd would take care of him if I let him. Sheep need a shepherd. And the sheep know our voice. This morning about 3 o'clock I was laying awake and I always set my clock for 4 o'clock on Sunday morning to make sure I get up here and usually here by 4.30 or so. But this morning I woke up early and I was just thinking about the message. And I remembered a story. This true story. You know, us preachers have to emphasize that because we do sometimes elaborate. <laughs> but I remember when I was a kid, we were out in our yard. We didn't have air conditioning. We grew up in Florida, and it's back then it was hot, but, you know, we didn't have air conditioning. I remember what Ken said about the outhouse. I remember those days, yeah, even in Florida. But we didn't have air conditioning, so a lot of times in the summertime, we would just sit outside. And a lot of times we'd stay up later than we should because it was too hot to sleep. But we were out one night, and it was about 10 o'clock, and we heard a dog out in the dark. And my dad said, that's Frank. And I noticed him, so a big deal, that was Frank. But what you don't know is the rest of the story is that Frank had been missing for over a year. A little over a year prior to that, my dad was out hunting and somebody stole his dog. Of course, we didn't know what happened to him. He just didn't show up. But in the midst of that darkness, I was totally blown away. I mean, hadn't seen a dog for a year, thought he was dead, thought he was gone. But the shepherd, the owner, heard that dog, Gator. He said, that's old Frank. We found out that somebody had stolen him and sold him to somebody else and he brought him too close to home and he went home. Say, how do you know that? Because he had a collar on him. My dad called the guy and he gave him the story of who he bought him from. But the amazing thing was all he did was give a little growl. He said, Frank's come home. Frank's come home. And I, I couldn't help but think about that as far as people that drift away from the flock. It could be they drift away because some other sheep was mean to them. I know you wouldn't believe that, but I've heard that can't happen. They might have drifted off because of cares and concerns of the world. But one day, something just like the prodigal son, remember that story? It says when the prodigal son came to his senses, he said, man, I know I can't go home with a son, but maybe I can be a servant at my dad's house. Maybe I can just work in the household, at least I can eat. See, he was eating Hog slop. For a Jewish boy to slop the hogs is pretty bad. As low as you can get. But he said, maybe I can go home. And I thought about that as I was thinking this. 
that dog growled out in the dark. That story says the, the father looked out and saw his son in the distance. And what did he do? Same thing my dad did when Frank growled. He said, Frank! And they met in the middle. God wants to be your shepherd. And the amazing thing is not only can he be my shepherd, he can be your shepherd. He can be each one of our shepherds. Amazing thing. Some of us remember that old hymn. I sing it's Friday night. Andy walks with me. And he talks with me. And he, what? Tells me I'm his very own. He tells me I'm his very own. He is my shepherd. And so David understood that before all of the theology that we know he may not have had access to. But he didn't need all of theology. He knew that Jesus, that God was his shepherd. And I'm so glad we don't have to understand it. I'm glad that I do not have to spell omnipresence. I'm glad I do not have to spell omniscient. Boy, that's a booger. I'm glad I don't have to do that. All I have to know is who my shepherd is. And he is consistent. He is there. And can I assure you this morning? The shepherd is here. Say, how do you know that? Why? Because he is omnipresent. He's here. Can I assure you that the shepherd understands? Why? He is omniscient. He knows everything. Can I remind you that he can take care of you? How? Because he is omnipotent, all-powerful. And if he's not your shepherd, he wants to be. I said, if he's not your shepherd, if he wants, he wants to be. And if you've kind of drifted away from the flock, all you have to do is kind of make a growl. And he'll welcome you back. Because he is the good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He loves you that much. And I want to tell you something. If you don't think you need him, that's okay. But I'm so glad that I've got a shepherd that promises me that he'll lead me beside the still waters. Here in Florida, I don't know if you noticed, we got a bunch of bugs. We got a bunch of bugs. We got a lot of mosquitoes and gnats and you name it, we got it, we can... Hold her on with most of them. But you know when it says the good shepherd anoints his head with oil? You know what the purpose of that was in that scripture? When a, when, a, when a shepherd anoints the sheep's head with oil, it's to keep the flies away from them from laying eggs in their ears and nose. And if we will submit to the good shepherd, a lot of times those irritants will leave us alone. But most of us would rather swat flies than to submit to the shepherd. But he wants to be your shepherd. Amen. Thank you, 
He wants to be your shepherd. He wants to take care of you. He wants to walk with you and talk with you. And he's here today. Why? Because he's omnipresent. He understands he's omniscient. And he can take care of you because he's omnipotent. Let me pray with you today. Father God, I ask you to minister by your power and strength today. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for wanting to be my shepherd. And Father, if I, if I had a choice, I would have picked somebody else to be a, a, wanting to be a shepherd too because I know how rebellious I can be. But you want to be my shepherd. And you want to be each person here's shepherd. You want to be each person that is watching online, each person that will see this in the future. You want to be their shepherd. And you want to minister to them. And so, Father, maybe today, maybe today there's someone that's kind of drifted away from the flock. Or they may still be saved, but they just want to make a commitment back to you and say, Lord, I surrender to you. I want you to be my shepherd. I yield myself to you because I don't do a very good job directing my own life. So I surrender afresh in you today. And God, we just ask you to minister, minister today minister today. We give you praise. If you're here today, if you need to commit to the shepherd, we're going to open the altars, invite you to come and someone will meet you and pray with you. If you're here today and you're a child of God and you, you, you have a need, I'm going to recommend that you just turn that need over to the Lord because he's your, your shepherd. He cares for you. He cares for you. We've already seen our God's an awesome God. We're getting ready to sing how great He is. Aren't you glad we've got a great shepherd? A great shepherd that wants to minister to you. Thank you for listening to the OAG podcast. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God Church, be sure to subscribe to our podcast or visit our website at www.oxfordag.org. That's O-X-F-O-R-D-A-G dot org.